Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles, the podcast edition. Uh, we are continuing our quarantine lockdown, but we're excited to have over the airwaves with us tonight the guys from The Issue. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How's it going? What's shaking, man? Yeah, we're glad, glad to have you uh, with us. Uh, would have loved to have hung out in the band house tonight, but, uh, you know, we're going to make the best of it. Yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is, right? That's right. <laughs> So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the band first. Uh, first, uh, before we do anything, uh, why don't you guys go around and introduce yourselves? All right. Um, I'm Clay Dieters, vocals and guitar. I'm Avery Weiss, and I play guitar. I'm Kyle, and I play bass. I am Colin, and I play drums. Fantastic, gentlemen. It's really exciting to have you here, uh, and I'd love to get a little backstory on the band. How long have you guys been together? Um, uh, almost five years Five now? years about? Yeah. Four or five years? 2015. We started in March. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just surpassed five years, yeah. That's a, that's a big milestone for any organization, <laughs> not, not to mention a rock band. <laughs> um, few different variations, but we have three of the four members have been here for the five years that's great how did you guys get together initially um well me me as in clay avery and uh kyle we all went to high school together um and yeah we just kind of got together and decided we wanted to start a band um and here we are now. <laughs> That's great. And uh, how did you all get your start in music? So, um, I guess I personally started playing guitar when I was younger. Um, Mom made me take piano lessons. Mine did too. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be the general consensus. Pretty sure Avery took piano lessons as well. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't practice enough, but... <laughs> Kyle? Oh, um, I guess, like, what got me, like, into music was when I was younger, I found my dad's vinyl collection, and I saw, just, like, looking through the artwork and stuff like that, like, Kiss Destroyer, like, really caught my eye and stuff like that, but, uh, I just sang in choir, um, because my mom made me, but it's all good, it, it benefited me, but, um, yeah, then I just kind of picked up a guitar at 17 and haven't stopped since. That's great. Great. Colin, how about you? Yeah, I, uh, you have the two required years of uh, music in elementary school, and I was like, <laughs> I want to hit shit. So <laughs> somehow she decided to let me do it. Uh, my older brother actually had a drum set, too, and he kind of gave it up when he got too cool in high school or whatever. So um, I just kind of took over and, and never looked back. I did a lot of playing in church when I was a kid. Um, really kind of learned how to play on a drum set with a band there. And uh, eventually I kind of broke away from that a little bit, but um, found rock and roll and the rest is history. And now you're way cooler than your older brother, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three, you mentioned three of the four of you went to high school together, and, and you're all from Sauk Center up in uh, kind of the middle of Minnesota. I'm curious to know how the transition uh, was for you guys coming down to the Twin Cities and, and what you've done to build a fan base down here. 
Well, actually, only uh, only the three of us, me, Kyle, and Avery, went to high school together. Right. We didn't meet Allen until a little bit later on. Um, 2017? Yeah. 2017. Our very first show in the cities, we met him. So I was playing in, like, four different bands down in the cities at the time, um, just kind of burning the candle at both ends. Had a day job in four bands. Uh, wow. At open guys yeah so it was pretty wild but uh through a, a connection at the the studio that we do most yep. of our work at um they asked me to come in and track drums and a couple months after that i think you guys hit me up and yep. and they were like hey if you want to be our drummer uh we would really like that and so i quit every band that i was in and <laughs> the issue <laughs> you're all in yeah, yeah, I fell in love with the tunes when I was recording them. It was everything I wanted to do and had yet to do. So I was like, it's now or never. Yeah, you know, it uh, it just seemed to it seemed like for for us with Colin, the stars just kind of aligned. Definitely. Um, in a sense, you know, we had we had a couple drummers before we met Colin, and they were, you know no knock on them they were good drummers um and we're still good friends with both those guys but um they just didn't you know didn't really have the same mindset in the same direction that we had and um we wanted a little bit more and we wanted to get out of small town central minnesota um so yeah colin is colin's here now and things are great it, <laughs> it's it's amazing to me you know there's so many bands and the, from small bands to huge international superstars where that difference of of approach to the music uh is the one thing even though you love the the music together it's it, it really is about where you want to take the band right yeah definitely you know wanting to wanting to make you know wanting to make something of it not just be another, you know, just another uh, cover band doing its thing in in central Minnesota was kind of our spiel. <laughs> yeah, I think as far as I go back on drums too, I took so many different different gigs where you know you're hired, you're a hired gun, you're you're there to do a specific thing. And when I joined the issue, it was that, like Clay said, the stars kind of aligned, and I was able to do exactly what I wanted to do, and it just fit the, the cookie cutter as it was supposed to. That's got to feel good, and obviously it, it's working because, you know, three of the four of you are living together, which is a tall order when you guys are spending that much time rehearsing and all that, right? Oh, yeah, we all get along great 100% of the time. <laughs> 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 Uh, I, I don't know that we've got enough time to delve into the, the therapy required there. Trust me, you don't want to. <laughs> it, it hasn't come to the point where you're labeling your own peanut butter, is it? No, we're fine. We all, we all, we all get along well. There's, you know, every band has their thing. Like of course. Every group of roommates has their thing. Yeah, That's right. That's right. <laughs> so... Uh, where where do you think you guys want to take the band? I mean, what's the what's the long term vision? Um, I I guess I would, overall I think we all just want to we all we want to get on the road. Yeah, make it all right to the point where we can 
make it a full time job. I mean that. I don't know if that, I. I think that's where we're all at. But, yeah, uh, that's. Yeah. I mean, if we could solely focus on music, I think that'd be the ideal scenario because we all care about this project a lot, and we've already invested five years of our lives in it. So. Yeah, we want to make this. You know, make this thing the best. Uh, the best possible version that it can be. Um, and we've been working towards that for the past five years and it's mm-hmm. always gotten better. And, you know, as people we've matured and the band has matured. Um, so really just getting out there and, and playing, you know, playing more, playing to um, various different audiences, getting out of the States. And like Kyle said, we want to, we want to make this our full-time gig so we can, so we can quit doing the the regular jobs, <laughs> the straight <laughs> and job, I think right? The only, like, major, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I think the only big hurdle we've ever really faced so far is this dang coronavirus. Yeah, for sure. It's just been, you know, it's obviously unprecedented for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if that's the biggest thing that we've had to deal with so far, we have yeah obviously no intentions of stopping, and can't wait for this to to be over and move on. Yeah, um, everyone's in the same boat. Story has got a little hold up here, but fortunately, we got uh, some songs we're working on, or we've been planning to record right now. So, um, once the stay-at-home order is done and all that's passed, we can you know, work on those tunes and um, put some new music out for you guys. And yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're excited to hear some of that new stuff uh, for sure. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting to hear some of the new things you've obviously built a couple of really strong EPs already and uh, it's going to be fun to hear what the new stuff sounds like too but before we dig in too far into that I'd love to kind of learn a little bit more about your sound um, you know what you think is a signature for your music and that kind of thing oh boy (laughs) that's a loaded question (laughs) four different perspectives great (laughs) um pretty loud (laughs) (laughs) we like it loud um yeah i don't know we kind of we kind of all um have our have our separate and different influences for sure Mm -hmm. um you know colin's a little bit more of a more of a punk guy um i'm more of a 90s and just kind of like straight up rock guy um Kyle here is a big, big prog guy, <laughs> and Avery, you know, Avery's uh, more on the indie rock side of things, and for whatever reason, it just, how, however it came together, it just, it seems to work well, um, you know, when we sit down and play, the sound, the sounds come together, and, and, you know, we just, we just want to play good, good rock music. Yeah, it's um, pretty organic all in all. And I think for us having different tastes and stuff. If there's one place where we all align, it is kind of that. I don't even want to narrow it down to '90s rock, but just kind of that general rock feel that we all like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look yeah, at my totally. punk or Kyle's prog or Avery's, and like it all has roots in the same place, and and that's where we get to really come together and and make it shine. Yeah, you guys have commented that uh, Seether and Alter Bridge uh, and Alice in Chains are kind of influences for you, and they, it, those are certainly you know some some wide ranging 
types of bands, especially when you think about the funk, you know, or that sort of almost grungy style of, of Alice in Chains. And I'm curious to know how those how those influences sneak into your into your tunes. Yeah, I think probably of those of those three bands, um, Alice in Chains is probably the the common roots. We all we all really dig dig that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, they they did a lot of a lot of cool things, you know, vocally and um, you know rhythmically. Obviously, Jerry Cantrell with his um, amazing guitar riffs as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, just that that rhythmic, you know, that rhythmic, um, that rhythmic sound is is really their is their threshold. And you know, Alter Bridge is probably a little bit more technical than the other three bands. Mm-hmm. And we're not a we're not a shredding band, and we're not a um, you know, play it, play it fast, but we just, we just like finding that groove and, and there's a, there's a technical sound between, um, Alter Bridge and Alice in Chains that we kind of find ourselves, I think, falling in between. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we lie, you know, rhythmically and, and where our sound kind of finds itself working, working out. Yeah. yeah you know, we, 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 we t- Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, like, with those common roots, like we, like we said, we have different musical tastes, like personally, and those, like, I think they all sneak their way into the uh, yeah the project I cert- as well. So it, it's just kind of like a, a cluster, but it's we like to think it's cluster. unique, you know. <laughs> I mean, I certainly hear some yeah, of so. those influences when you think about like the the, the rhythmic influences of Alice in Chains and you know some of the syncopation that you guys use in the songs is it's really it creates a compelling um, rhythm for the for the songs yeah I think it's I think we just uh, you know grab grab a hold of the midsection and punch you in the chest (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's funny because almost all of the bands that I talk to uh, everybody says our music punches you somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it should be. <laughs> Whether it's in the throat or the chest or someplace else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're in good shape. That's what rock and roll is all about. <laughs> you know, I, I'll never forget some of my first concerts and standing in front of those speakers on the main floor and feeling those 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 speakers change my heartbeat. It's just a it's a life changing experience. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we all like to go out and enjoy um, those live shows. So just feeling out all those, you know, different sounds and how people put their live shows together and and how it like grabs you and and really does, you know, punch you in the chest or in the face. You know, it's our own interpretation on that. Um, And we just, you know, we want to we want to give the listener something to remember i guess well let's uh let's quit talking about it and give people a chance to listen to some of your music i think a good place to start might be bad trip from uh from moving on uh tell us a little bit about what uh what we should be listening for when we listen to this one um i suppose uh the syncopation like you talked about earlier um bad trips very rhythmic 
sound. It really originated from Colin and his drum parts, um, and we built it from there. So it uh, wasn't even that, honestly. I think Avery literally was like playing some other crazy riff. He definitely like, started that, and like he he like stumbled on what he was doing, and I was like, no, like do that again. And so he did it again. And then that's where that, like, that triplet rhythm that you're going to hear, dude, uh, like, that came from, like, a stumble. And I thankfully caught it, I guess. And, um, like, that's really what we built the song from. And um, just the whole song, like, it's heavy, it grooves. Um, just enjoy it. Yeah, that's <laughs> how everything locks together. So we're at the port part. Uh, the four guitars are just like locked in, and then it's just creates this big, heavy atmosphere. It's really cool. All right, well let's uh, let's give people a listen. This is Bad Trip from Moving On by the Issue.
That was Bad Trip by The Issue off of their second EP, Moving On. We've got the guys in the band here with us. Gentlemen, you know, we talked a lot about that syncopated rhythm, but one of the things that I find really compelling about that song is the way the vocal just flows over the top of that, you know, and it sort of makes a glue almost that brings that song together. And I'm curious to know how you develop that juxtaposition. Um... Honestly, it was like when when we first when we first started playing, that was just kind of the first thing um, that that popped into my head. Um, as far as vocal influences go, Alice uh, Allison Chains, you know, Lane Staley, but then also Chris Cornell is kind of a big influence on me mm-hmm. as well. And for some reason, uh, his style just kind of came to mind. Um, we were working on that song um and when we were in the studio working on it especially our engineer um normally i kind of sing with more of a powerful growl yeah like you know keep that power there but kind of try to lay back a little bit and just um smooth through those notes a little bit more um so that's what i you know tried doing on that and it ended up turning out very well and it seemed to fit the song um, just the right way. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun balance between the very you know staccato uh, rhythm that's going on underneath from the instruments and and the the vocal. It's it's kind of cool. I'm uh, I'm curious to know more about your. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say if you I uh, think of Rusty Cage from from Soundgarden, I believe. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like if you look at the the time signature of that tune and like how complicated it actually is underneath. But if you just listen to the tune, it doesn't seem that complicated. And obviously this song is in 4-4 four, four all the way through, so it's not as complicated. But um, just kind of that whole flow, how it all yeah. together. It's, it's really cool. I, I'm curious to know more about your songwriting process. It, it sounds like maybe you sort of something hits somebody and you build from that, or do you come in with a fully fleshed song? and then just sort of nail it down. Depends on the song, you know, it happens both ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a few times where it's been a fully fleshed idea, um, but sometimes there's just a riff, like whether, like it's happened always so far, but you know, it's just a riff that kind of comes to mind. We work it out and then this uh, kind of flesh out like little nuances here and there, like it's usually pretty sloppy at first and then um, just kind of see what inspires us or where it takes us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it just kind of, it's, uh, it's unique because every song's different, but it's, it's sparked from any of us, but yeah. Yeah. You the, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I was <gonna> ask, <laughs> sorry. I was going to ask if you share the workload pretty evenly, if you're all kind of involved in, in drumming up new concepts. Yeah, I would say for the most part we are, um, you know, we've all four of us had have had a, you know, major um hand in the writing process. Um everybody brings their brings their part to the table. A lot of times it'll start with the guitar riff here or there, but there's been instances where like the bad trip calling in his drum part or look at me now like we'll talk about here coming up. Um, that was one where Kyle brought to the table. So, you know, we all, we all bring what we have to offer and, 
and that's where the noise comes from. <laughs> <laughs> where Where do you guys find your inspirations for your songs? Oh, uh, I think really just, I mean, everyday life. If you look at um, a lot of the first EP um, were songs that Clay and Avery wrote. I believe I wasn't even really around when those songs were written. Um, but just their experience being in small town Minnesota and um, some things they love, some things that frustrate them. And um, if you look at Bad Trip, um, I helped Clay with, I don't know, half of the lyrics or so. Um, I kind of gave the basis from some frustrations I was having with my day job. Um, and then Clay kind of took him and, and made him fit for what he had to do as a front man. Um, <laughs> so really, it's just our life experience, man, and it's what we're going through. And um, I think what a lot of people on earth are going through, really. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's angry, but, you know, not at the same time, you know, it, it's, when I when I dive into into some of the lyrics, it's it's mostly just you know, like what what's going on and 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 finding like things that are things that are bothering um, me and and just you know the common ground as far as frustrations in the world. It seems mm-hmm. like and, a lot of questions. Yep, a lot, a lot of questions too. Say. Yeah, and it it's seems like right. yeah, definitely. It seems like that's those are things that. Um, people can relate to and um, get their frustrations out by hopefully listening to songs, relating to the lyrics, and being able to headbang to the music. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think when I listen to Look At Me Now, um, it, it strikes me as it's a very inspirational song. You know, there's frustration in there for sure, but it's kind of like, you know what, I've overcome this, and you can't keep me down and look at look at where I'm at kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. It's uh it was one of those things where, you know, we we're trying to figure out what we wanted to call the second E P and where the E P was gonna go from the first E P and the first E P was a lot of just you know, the frustrations of being, you know, into a rock music and being uh being a musician in small town central Minnesota, or people don't really relate to that as much because that's right. not really a thing that's going on. And then going into the second EP, it was more, um, you know, growing up and getting out of that. And like, mm-hmm. This is what we're doing now. This is what it's all about. And and whether you like it or not, this is where we are. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of been tough. You know, I grew up in a relatively small town uh, myself, and and I can remember, you know, they had both kinds of music, country and western. <laughs> and you know, I got to believe that that was a hard environment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I can appreciate where uh, where your frustrations came from in trying to make it as a rock band in in an environment that maybe wasn't as open to it. Well, definitely, and I got to rebuttal a little bit on that because I can't talk too poorly on on our hometown in central Minnesota because they are huge supporters of of what we are and what we're doing. But you know, when you're growing up and going through that, um, that's just part of part of how it goes and your thought process at the time. So that's just kind of where where a lot of that 
um, original writing started from. Yeah. And if I can second that as the only cities guy in the band, um, I've had every opportunity to play every type of music and seriously never had as cool of fans as our Sox Center crowd is. Like, that's my second home now. Yeah. That place is amazing, and the people are there that are there are, are great, for sure. That's great. You know, if I, uh, if I can, I don't know if you've read the book or not, but uh, Fargo Rock City by Chuck Klosterman is, uh, is a book you guys might enjoy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's actually written by Chuck Klosterman grew up in, in Grand Forks or in the eastern part of North Dakota, and I grew up in the western part of North Dakota, and he wrote it about the same time as we were both in, you know, he wrote about the time when we were both in high school. And uh, I swear it was like, wow, we must have been standing like side by side at these concerts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy, but it, it really tells the story of being a you know a rock fan in uh, in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. And so anyway, you might you might enjoy that. Yeah, definitely have we'll to check, check that, that out for sure. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's give people a, a taste of "Look at Me Now." But, but before we do that, why don't you talk us through the song a little bit? Um, this song was kind of derived from Kyle's initial idea so uh, um, his bass is kind of the center of attention um, on this one and then I guess as far as the the whole song goes the end just kind of turns into the this dramatic um, ending that's supposed to capture people um, you know and this song was kind of um, when it was getting put together, we were thinking, you know, mostly live, you know, how are people going to um, receive this live? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how we how we put the song together. Um, but it translated well, obviously, to... Got a little carried away, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Like, wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, it kind of started, like, um, my sophomore year, like, I was just kind of getting really into progressive metal and um kind of started with that like intro harmonic like um the d and a harmonic whatever um and then like i don't know the verse and chorus idea just kind of like came seamlessly and we sat on that idea for quite some time and then um started working on it and then avery camp with like and chronic that's too right oh like that that ending but yeah since then it's been kind of a staple closer song for us because yeah. it kind of takes you every which direction because it's pretty heavy at the start and then it gets all chill and just kind of brings you back there and it's oh, it's pretty cool to have a song that goes a lot of different directions and fits seamlessly I guess if I must say so myself. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so too, and I want to talk about it on the back end, but I want to give people a chance to listen to it. Uh, this is "Look at Me Now" from "Moving On" by The Issue. Let's do it.
That was Look At Me Now by the issue off of their second EP, Moving On. And uh, we've got the, the guys in the band here uh, with us on the podcast. And I re- really loved the dramatic changes that those instrumental sections in the middle and at the end of the song that you touched on a little bit, Kyle, uh, came together. I mean, it's, it's really cool that there's such an abrupt change in the flow of the song, but yet there's a consistency there. And I'm, I'm really curious to know how you brought all that together. I think a lot of it came from kind of once we had maybe the message in the song down mm-hmm. yeah. um, and like the whole thing is like being just this frustration that you have and like all of a sudden you just like come to peace with it and boom that like swing little section kind of hits you in the face and mm-hmm. and you're like cool and then everything's calm and then I don't know you get through that and then you come back and, and you hit it hard and uh I think that's one of the things that people love about that song, especially when we put it right at the end of the set, is just that kind of whole roller coaster ride. And, like, they're kind of tired um, at the end of the set, and they get to chill out for a minute, and then just that outro kicks in, and boom, we're going to give it one last go before we call it. It really feels like it's the kind of song that makes people want more. Like, it's like yeah. you leave them on kind of a cliff. And I can totally hear one more song, one more song coming out of the crowd. Well, it leaves us wanting more most of the time. <laughs> yeah, we definitely heard that. Um, but, I mean, it, we'd like to think it uh, makes people want to come to the next show, you know, leave them on a high note like that. And Definitely. How, uh, I'm curious to know how you put together a set list for a show. I mean, do you have a pretty regimented... Uh, flow of songs that you play on the regular or do you have uh, do you try and tailor things to a given show um I mean we we try to tailor um a little bit to to a given show you know we kind of have like our core list where we're going to start with this song we're going to have this song in the middle and we're going to close with look at me now Mm -hmm. um so then it's kind of just jumbling you know the things in between, because obviously we don't want to play the same set over and over each mm-hmm. show. Um, right. But you also, you kind of know what your fans want and you know what works where. Um, so we try to, you know, we try to keep that in mind, um, you know, while we're putting the set list together. Um, Fire off the first EP seems to be a good opening tune. Kind of just sets the mood for how the night's going to go. Um, and people always like that song live. Um, and then it just kind of goes from there. And, uh, you know, as you as you think about adding some of the new songs to the set list, how, how do those change? I mean, I know you're working on a new record. How, do, how does adding in a new song change your, your set list or change your, the flow of a show for you? So far, we've only... Uh sampled one um but just kind of seeing how the audience perceives it but um that one's kind of stayed since because it's been received well but i think we're at a point or we're before this uh lockdown was in place uh, <laughs> kind of keeping it dialed back so we're not exposing the whole thing so we have a little sure. bit of surprise but um yeah i mean we've only had 
the chance to sample one. But yeah, how uh, how long do you guys work a song before you feel like it's ready for prime time? Depends on the song, really. Um, I mean, like Bad Trip, we got through pretty quick. Yeah, and it was just kind of smack you in the face. Oh, we're done. Yeah. Um, but like, look at me now. We've taken a while with a lot of these new to- new songs. Excuse me. Um, we've taken more time with, I feel yeah. like. Granted, we're, we're forced to have more time as of late. Yeah, but uh, first EP was a little kind of forced, if you will. I mean, like, we worked on those songs for a while, but I, I mean... I wouldn't say it was forced, even. Um, you guys had those songs for a while before yeah. I was in the band, so... But then they got reworked with you yeah. um, quite a bit, but to me, that felt a little fast. And then, as we go on, I think we take more time to think about things like to get the best mm-hmm. end result and this this full-length set has been a good six months a year in the works but i mean like songs like look at me now they sat for a couple of years because mm-hmm. we didn't know where to go with it and um it kind of depends but some songs work themselves out super fast but it's definitely um, a case-by-case basis I sure mean, like yeah. like kyle saying look at look at me now it took a while and i think we've got two new songs kind of in the fire right now that are in the same boat we're like we don't really know what where to go with it but um we're obviously not going to toss it to the side because check out look at me now and, and see how that went you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i think kind of like the difference maker between those first two eps and the album that we're working on now is we were so eager to get out and play sure um original sets mm-hmm. um when we were working on those first two EPs, so we we might have pushed those, you know, a little bit faster than we maybe wanted to or would have otherwise, but just basically because we wanted enough material to be able to go and play shows, where now, you know, with this with this full-length album, you know, we can sprinkle in new songs here and there during our live set um, as we need to until the album is totally prepared to go so we don't feel really as pressured to to get the songs um out in a hurry um and play them you know play them in front of people we're really we're really taking our time on this one to tailor it and make it you know the best make the songs the best possible version that we feel they can be at um the given time right now so I think that's really the difference between those first two EPs and what mm-hmm. this full length is going to bring to the table. How, uh, where are you at in the recording process? Um, we've, we've demo, I, we have all the songs demoed out. Um, we had plans to hit the studio, um, this past month in April here and start, um, pre, uh, start production on it. Um, we got, you know, a little delay here with the stay-at-home from the quarantine, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like we have the go-ahead now to get into the studio um, and start doing some tracking, so that's going to be our focus um, coming up here in the next couple months. That's great. Are you guys going to record uh, individually, or are you going to record live? Um, we generally record individually. Um We'll go through it. Avril, lay down, yeah. scratch guitar tracks mm-hmm. um, to a click, and then Colin will sit down and go through all his drum parts, and then we'll have Kyle go in, and he does all his bass parts, and then we redo guitars, 
on top of that and add in the vocals afterwards. Wow. And the spacey synth mm-hmm. stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> so Avery, is there a lot of pressure on you to lay it down right in that scratch, those scratch tracks? Um, Avery actually stepped out real quick. (laughs) 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 Here's your chance to talk about him. Yeah, right? No, we don't give the guy too much pressure. He's pretty damn good at what he does, excuse my language. Um, And uh, he's, uh, I mean, if I'm the first actual recording step, Avery's pretty darn easy to work off of. Um, And, and. We don't really worry about that too much yeah, because yeah. he's good enough where we don't have to. Avery's a very consistent guitar player. The boy so practices. You know, you know what you're going to get when he sits down to do his part. You know it's going to be the same every time. He's pretty hard on himself when it comes to when it comes to recording and and he likes things to be you know precise and perfect. He's a perfectionist, so that's a good quality to have when we're definitely I would say a blessing and a curse (laughs) (laughs) just one more take yeah Yeah. let's do some drums a little bit (laughs) talking smack about you right now (laughs) you said you practice a lot I really don't though (laughs) that's just raw talent right that's just raw humbleness (laughs) (laughs) so people's ears hurt they don't know it's bad <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Where are you guys going to be recording? Um, we're going to be at Essential Session Studio in Arden Hills. Um, mm-hmm. That's where we did our last two EPs, and we have a great relationship with the owner um, and the engineers there. Yeah. Um, and that's where we do all our work. Um, so we're going to stick to that and do what we know best. Yeah, I think Who's- Brad's a major plug there because. Uh, the, the owner of the studio, Brad Matala, he's uh B to the Rad. B yeah. to the Rad, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been um an absolute blessing to us. He's had our back since we met him and has helped us miles, you know, and yeah, he's just a great guy and he's got a great studio out there. Beautiful. If uh if anybody gets the chance to as soon as you're able to Definitely go and check out Essential Session Studio. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, it's got a great, great home gear. feel to it. It's uh, built in his house, you know, and mm-hmm. but uh, um, he took his time with that and thought everything out. And it, recording this feels like home there. That's for sure. Like it's a very comfortable environment to flesh out your ideas and what have you. Is he engineering and producing the record for you too? Um. So we actually we do. We do a lot of the engineering ourselves. Um, Avery went to IPR. He's got a real good handle on recording nice. uh, and mixing. So um, we kind of do, we kind of record, we do the recording process um, for the most part ourselves. Um, and then Dylan now, who is the um, other engineer outside of Brad at the studio, he's the one that mixed um, our last EP, um, and the plan is to work with him again on this full length for for mixing, and then he does all the synth parts as well, or he did on the last EP. So mm-hmm. we're hoping he will again on this one. Dylan, if you hear this, please do the synth parts on our full length. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like, like follow Cobra. You'll know he's good at synth. Yeah, <laughs> what band? <It's> great. 
It, it sounds like you guys have a real strong partnership with them. I mean, they're, they're an integral part of what you guys sound like. We like to think so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, it's just it's been it's been easy because we have such a good relationship with them there, and the the stress level is a minimum, and that's what you want when you're working on a record. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we just it, it's just a great opportunity that we've had with them, and we uh, we appreciate that a lot. That's really cool. Is uh, as you reflect on the songs uh, that are going to be on the new EP, is there kind of an overarching thread that's woven through each of them, or do the songs kind of stand on their own? Um, um, a couple that go together. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's an overarching thread. Um, lyrically, I'm still um, working on lyrics for um, some of the songs, but sound-wise. Um, it's come together really well. Um, and just with a lot of the things that are going on right now, I kind of tried to take a step back with some of my lyrics and see if there's a way I can rework some of them to kind of tailor to things that are going on in the world right now. Um, and yeah, I think, um, I think it's going to come together. Um, really nice. Yeah. Got more technical, but not in like an overbearing way. I'd say like we've definitely matured as songwriters. Like we know it's been five years now, and um, it's uh, I think it's our best stuff we've done so far, for sure. Clay, I'm curious to know uh, as a, a vocalist where you start on your vocal line. Do you start with a rhyme and a lyric, or do you really look at the melody first? and then bring the lyrics in to fit the melody of the song. Um yeah, you know, it's some it's kind of a it's kind of a case by case basis. Um you know, I a lot of times lyrics come after we already had um the song kind of worked out um for the most part um there's been a few instances where I've had uh, you know, a lyrical idea as well as a melody or guitar riff that I've been able to work the song around. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, you know, I, I find find a lot of inspiration in my writing when we're actually sitting down and working the songs out themselves. A lot of times it's when we're all four in the room playing the song where I'll get a lyric line that pops in my head um, with a melody and I'll just, you know, try to try to write that down in my notes on my phone so I can go back to it later and um, expand on it from there. Cool. You know, one of the songs that I, I particularly enjoyed uh, is the title track off of Moving On. Um, it is pretty different from the others we've heard today. Um, and I sort of asked the question about that, uh, that I just asked it with that song in mind. And I'd love to hear you talk about how that song evolved. Um, well, I think that song it started, I had, I had like the intro riff and a verse, um, with kind of a melody in mind and Avery had, um, the breakdown in the song and a chorus idea. And I had sent him that intro, um, riff at, at one point after you know after it came about and he got a hold of me not too long after that and he had he had that idea and it, and it worked out um the song just came together really organically um 
Um, and he actually had the chorus um, line uh, the, um, to start. Um, and he said, you know, I have this, I have this melody for the chorus I think would be really cool. Um, we should try this. Um, so he showed it to me and I, um, or I, and we all really <laughs> dug it. Um, so I guess I kind of, you know, I took the lyrics that he had. I think I, I might've changed the chorus, um, lines just a little bit. Um, and then wrote the, wrote the, uh, verses, um, around that. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, it was a really organic, um, way that it all came together. Well, that's uh, that's a great intro for the song. Uh, so let's uh, let's give people a listen. This is moving on the title track of the second EP by the issue.
Gentlemen, moving on is one of the more mellow songs of all of them that you guys have. Um, I, I really dig it, but I'm really curious to know uh, kind of how that fits into a, into your live shows. I mean, do you have it? Is it part of the regular rotation? Oh yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would say that's probably a crowd favorite. Yeah, of, of the songs. I don't think we've ever skipped it in a set we've ever done. You know, it's a big staple for us. You know, it's a title track of our second EP. It's. Mm-hmm. We're proud of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. the in, the that intro is kind of you know it kind of catches you and it works really well live. But the song is just kind of more laid back and groovy, and it's. Um, kind of a good spot in the set when you think people might need a little bit of a little bit of a break from mm-hmm. the in your face, you know. So we kind of we usually put it in more towards the middle of the set, mm-hmm. um, get people going right off the start, um, lay that in, you know, more towards the middle, give them a time to breathe, lay back a little bit, and then you know really drive it home again at the end. But, what? You, you seem like one of the things I'm struck by as, as we're talking is is how thoughtful you are in crafting your live shows. And, and I'm curious to get a, a sense from you of what you're, what you're trying to deliver to people when you're up on stage. Yeah, I think um, I think for I think for all of us, um, I, I don't think I'm speaking for myself here, but I think for all of us, you know, we we like we just like to play and that's where this all came from and we like to we like to play live um so we we really try to tailor our song um you know where the crowd is going to be able to come and see us live and really get into the music so really for us it's it's working the songs out so it's going to work there and then you know tailoring them so they translate to you know, obviously listening to them on a CD or streaming and stuff, but um, we're a live band, um, and that's what that's what our thing is. So we we don't want it to be us showing up and playing eight or ten or twelve songs or whatever. Like we want the whole set that we play to be like a singular experience with the crowd. Um, and, and that's kind of where our thought process, I think, is at, is like, how's the night going to go? Not, not what song, what song, what song, what song, hmm. but like, how's this whole thing going to feel? Yeah. You know what I mean? And We're trying um, to balance out the, the kind of like bring it back yeah, in your face. Trip, like, so not... If you think back to when we were talking about Look At Me Now and how that song, the whole first half is um, really in your face and then we calm down and then we calm down a little bit more, and then we ramp it up again. Like, we yeah. we want our whole set to be like that, and we don't want people to get exhausted. We want people to have time to grab a drink or go to the bathroom or whatever they need to do <laughs> to have a good time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So we just, we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for, for everybody that's there with us on top of ourselves, you know? Yeah, and, and we all are all of our, you know, favorite bands – are bands where you can listen to their music and then go to the concert and you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to be. We want to be able to hear our music and go to the show and know, okay, this is what we're going to get and they're going to and they're going to do that and you're not going to hear you're not going to hear more or less live than what you hear um, by listening to the album. 
Now, obviously, this whole COVID thing has uh, is keeping you off the stage for the time being. Um, and I know you have some shows that are tentatively scheduled for next month. Do you have a sense of what your schedule is going to look like for the remainder of the summer? Um, a lot of hoping and wishing right now. <laughs> <laughs> we only have one gig that's like guaranteed not going to cancel, and that's a private party um, that we've done the last couple of years. But otherwise, like Clay said, <laughs> yeah, it's. It's weird, you know, we had a, a little bit of a bummer this spring. We were supposed to do our first bit of touring. Um, mm. We had mm-hmm. three or four um, different weekends lined up. That would have to cover in the Midwest. Yeah, to get out of the state, do Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> Detroit, um, Yeah, we were going to go Iowa. South by Southwest. Yeah. No kidding. Go down there. Yeah. So oh, it's kind man. of a bummer, and... It's it's just weird because all the states have a little bit different regulations as far as what they're allowing bars mm-hmm. to do, you know, the amount of people that can be in an area. So it's with, like, these tours, you know, um, Wisconsin is saying, you know, one thing while Nebraska is saying a different thing. And, you know, you just don't really know how how to work that stuff out right now when everything's kind of just in limbo. Yeah, it's hard to string a road trip together when you have no idea where your next destination is going to be, right? Right. Yeah. And that's the biggest bummer, too, is, I mean, we, we did our best to string these shows together efficiently, and so, like, we might have, I don't know, a weekend in Hudson or River Falls that cancels, but, you know, the Milwaukee date doesn't, or, you know, right. whatever. Yeah. Obviously, Wisconsin is a bad example of that but um i don't know it's hairy um we basically kind of spent a lot of time working on that but i mean fortunately we're in the age of internet now we're kind of thinking of the what kind of stuff can we like do to kind of keep pumping out content for our audience so we're kind of thinking more of the internet age now with uh, the tools we got so yeah you I mean, uh you recently to combat it yeah are you going to be doing any streaming any like live shows or anything like that like online um we don't have any plans for live shows but we do have plans for videos that we're going to be doctoring up and releasing um nothing super crazy i suppose but just some fun covers and stuff and you know everybody if anybody needs anything right now, it's just to have a good time and to relax. And so that's yeah. what we do when we make the videos, and that's what we hope people that watch the videos get out of it. Right. Yeah, we had a we had kind of a plan to do a, a live, you know, recorded thing at the studio um, that we just decided to because of the um, given the circumstances, we decided not to do it because there'd be a bunch of people in the room, you know, with the mm-hmm. band and people running cameras. So maybe when the stay-at-home lets up, um, we'd be able to go in the studio and do that. But we're just going to get some stuff on our YouTube channel, like Colin said, do a couple couple fun covers of, of tunes we all dig. You know, maybe do another another video for one of the songs off the um, Moving On EP that we haven't done yet. Um we I just hope that we can get back on stage soon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be releasing any of the songs off the new record as singles before it comes out? 
Well, that's what I was just leading into. <laughs> if, if we get real bored, um, you know, depending on how long this thing goes, you know, if, if in a few months we can be rolling full bore and uh, we can all move on from this COVID business, um, then there might not be the time, you know, given production schedules and everything. Sure. Um, but if, if this thing keeps going, I would say the chances of us giving you a song or two ahead of time definitely isn't unrealistic um it, yeah we kind of had plans to release a, a single or two throughout the course of the summer depending on when we're able to get in and get uh production rolling mm-hmm. um, we have a couple songs in mind off the full length that that mm-hmm. we want to release as singles so it's more or less just a matter of time for us right now um when we can get rolling on those things um you know we do as much as we can um from the house here um but we want to get into the studio and do it the right way um and get it sounding as best we can before we put it out to the world so hopefully yeah. you know like i said throughout the course of the summer hopefully we can still get a single or two out and i'm pretty confident that that'll be the case um so yeah we're just gonna do that and go from there Cool. You uh, you recently posted a, a, a kind of a biopic almost uh, video, uh, Fly From Here, and I'm really curious to know how that uh, half hour uh, inside the music video came together. Uh, my brother uh, had a project he had to do for school, um, and he asked us about it, and it just kind of happened. Nice. I guess. Yeah, we didn't think much of it, but um, he put together a great product, and it's, if I must say so myself, it's pretty entertaining. It, it really uh, is good, yeah. <laughs> it, it worked out. It actually worked out really well because we were playing in our hometown um, in Sock Center that night at the Next Door Bar, um, which, again, we're going to plug them right now. Mm-hmm. It's a great establishment. Whatever <laughs> up in Sock Center, it's a great Great bar. They have a great uh, stage and a great in-house PA there. And great burgers. And, and, uh, and very, good food. <laughs> very cool owner. Yeah, the owner is just a great guy. <laughs> Shout so out to Hellman. That's our, that's, our, uh, that's our spiel there. Um, actually, <laughs> you did you uh, did an interview with the boys, Revenant Soul. Yep. Um, Got to plug those guys. They're good friends of ours. But they've came up um, to Sock and played a few shows with us there. Fun. Uh, and they can back us um, on how cool of a place that is. It's just a great place. So it worked out that he wanted to do um, a video around that time, and he did a he did just a great job on it. Asked us some good questions and put together a good video on the yeah on the band. I guess. That was that was fun, and you know, Colin. I think one of the revelations of that whole thing was was meeting your life coach. <laughs> yeah, no. meeting that, meeting Gump. Yeah. Oh, all feel the vanish big time. Gump's one of our. Oh man. Gump's one of our good buddies. He's uh, he's he's a character. Never <laughs> <laughs> bored talk to someone. Talk to Gump after a couple of beers. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. 
<laughs> well, we'll definitely want to include a link to that from the show uh, social media because that was yeah. a really uh, a fun project and it was a great insight into, into who you guys are. More than ten were going for it. But it was a great time. <laughs> That's great. Well, you got the full scope of the issue in that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> when you know. <laughs> 20 years from now when there's a behind the music on the issue that's going to be source material uh, <laughs> <terrifying>. <laughs> you guys you guys have actually had an opportunity to get your get some real play for your for your music you've been able to license it uh, to a number of TV and sports properties I'm curious to know how those deals came together how did you manage to pull that off um so we work with a company out of the cities here called Tinderbox Music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with them at all or not, but um, John and Brandon, um, both great guys from there. Absolutely. Um, we reached out to them last or last spring, I believe, um, kind of when we were finalizing um, that second EP. Um, and we actually did radio distribution through them, um, and we got a bunch of airplay across the across the states on um, college and independent radio stations. Um, and then John also worked his magic um, and got us some sync licensing deals with um, various different. Uh, companies, Fox Sports, Discovery. Um, Bill Nye saves the world. <laughs> Bill Nye <laughs> saves the world. You know, a couple, couple different ones. Um, but yeah, uh, John, John's a great guy. He's good at, good at what he does. Um, yeah. And he dug our, dug that EP and dug the sound, and he thought he would um, be able to get them placed mm-hmm. um, on a few different. Uh, programs and he was able to mentor so. for us too. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great company from my short experience there. Like I knew him longer, but um, they're a very at home place. They do great work and um, really believe in the product and it makes it makes it great to work with them because you know yeah they're they're just all about the independent artists. Um, you know, and, and letting the independent artists get themselves um, in as many in many areas as possible, you know, without giving anything away. Yeah, uh, which is which is wonderful to ha- have people like that still in the mm-hmm. industry to work with, and yeah. it's only becoming more and more popular with the age of the internet. Um, you know, that's one thing that I will say: the internet is positive. You can get lost in the mix, but um, you can also do it yourself, like you were mm-hmm. able to a number of years ago, which which is great. Also, how we're able to do this interview right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Small sidetrack. Super trippy for me. Um, I sold furniture um, with a local company <laughs> a long time ago, uh, before I was a part of the issue, and I met Brandon at Tinderbox, and sold him some furniture and he was, he was like yeah i was like what's your email he was like oh brandon at tinderbox music and uh he was telling me about it we work with imagine dragons and blah, blah 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 and i was like oh yeah cool like i'll work with you someday you know like <laughs> all these bands out and kind of suck and uh now 
here I am joining joining the issue, and uh, we're working with Tinderbox. Sorry, former bands too that I'm still friends with. We don't talk. About. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's like you can see the future, though. Exactly, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Colin has a gift. That's for sure. Poor <laughs> five. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'll have you email me some lottery numbers uh, later on tonight. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. I want to make sure we tell people how to find more about you. Where do we send people to find your music and learn more about you? Um, go to our website, theissuemn.com. You can find our music and our videos on there. And if you want to buy... Um, our music and CDs, you can buy it directly from us there. Otherwise, we are on Bandcamp, um, which is also, especially right now during this, Bandcamp has been great. Um, so you can find our stuff on Bandcamp and then Apple Music, Spotify, all the streaming stuff that the kids these days are into. <laughs> um, or if you want to be cool, you know, go to us directly, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. And we'll set you up with a hard copy of the CD. Moving On EP. Yeah, the Moving On EP. Fresh um, out of the first one. But. And some merch as well, if you really want merch. We got cool. comfy t-shirts, that's for sure. Yeah, they are. They are <laughs> My stepdad does not love our music, but he loves our t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a rare statement when you can say that a, that a band t-shirt is comfy, because so often those merch, you know, those merch vendors get the scratchiest necks and it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. They we don't mess their like own, crazy. man. They shrink up like a dang raisin. <laughs> totally. material in one of our t-shirts. Like, come on. We don't mess their own. The tri-black. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, what, uh, what else can people do to support bands like you? I know that you mentioned uh, Bandcamp, and I think they're doing uh, a free weekend again on... on uh, is it this coming Friday? They're going to be donating all their fees to you guys again? I think this coming Friday, and I believe they posted two other dates through May um, and June as well, they're doing, um, where they're donating all their proceeds. So yeah, Bandcamp is just a, right now especially, Bandcamp's a great way, because you can go directly to the artist, Mm -hmm. obviously with Spotify and Apple Music, you can't go directly to the artist, but Bandcamp is set up in a way you can, so if you really want to support any artist right now, that's that's the best way to do it. Second to that would be Facebook, Instagram, you know, shoot a direct message and whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. Whether it's buy a t-shirt or get a hard copy of a CD or, yeah. you know, whatever. We'll, we'll get back to you directly there and um, definitely would love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you for taking the time tonight. It was really a great time talking with you and I'm really looking forward to hearing the new record. Thank you, man. Hey, thanks so much, Jason. We appreciate it.